bum bum bottom 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 bum b
in their new store. And we we were like that, like if you follow my Twitter, that armadillo who picks up leaves, Aww. who gathers leaves in between its little four mitts. That was Brad and I in these bins, and we were beside ourselves. Yeah, so what you are listening to is, I guess, sponsored content. It's yeah. SpawnCon, the, some of the first SpawnCon we've done. I mean, we've had offers, but we said no to shave my That's right, we have. <laughs> we, we have a try to keep it above the belt policy? Yeah. I guess I would above call it a the policy. Belt, above the belt SpawnCon at Comic Book Couples Counseling. But we're open to negotiations. Yeah, so it's it was really wild and extremely nice of Steve to give us those gift cards and you discover that when you are scrounging through dollar bins it's actually pretty hard to spend $200. Mm-hmm. It's hard to pick up 200 comics, uh, but we did it, friends. We gave a valiant effort, yes. <laughs> you know, Steve left us in the showroom. He's like, all right, well, just uh, take your time and then, uh, you know, give me a call and then we can go record and, and discuss what you guys found. I was so happy because I thought that while we were going through the bins, he was going to be standing next to us. And for me, going through bins is kind of like a solitary and quiet kind of activity, very meditative. And so when he's like, you get to do this in the privacy of your own brain, I was like, hell yeah. I love that in the conversation, you have actually like explain that to Steve also. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and and you, you explained that to him also before we started scrounging. So I think he caught the hint that we wanted to be left alone. I think he was a little surprised that we then spent three hours going through every single, single issue. We did do plus that. Plus the $5 variants, plus the back issues. Plus the half price trades. Yeah. Uh, so he eventually came back out. He's like, are you guys done? I'm like, how can we tell? <laughs> I we, guess we, we are, are like, done. We're like Captain America. We can do this all day. And so, yeah, we, we filled up a couple short boxes of comics, and then we called out some of our favorites and discussed them with Steve in this chat. And it was all in the spirit of Free Comic Book Day, because as great as it is to go to your local shop and pick up all the free books that they are offering, you have to remember that they are spending money to get those free comic mm-hmm. books. So when you're there, give back. This is an yes. opportunity to say thank you with your money. Free Comic Book Day is not a customer appreciation day. It is a comic book store appreciation day. Last year, we did a PSA with our five kind of rules of how to behave in uh, a shop during Free Comic Book Day using the five love languages. And you can watch it. There's a link in the show notes to our YouTube channel, which we rarely update with actual video content. But this is some of the rare video content. And I love that little video because, again, we stress what Lisa just said. This is a comic book shop appreciation day. Every other day is a customer appreciation exactly. day. So pick up those free comics and use it as an opportunity to discover new comics. For example, I just picked up this beautiful hardcover. I'm holding it up to the microphone. <laughs> what a goose. You can't see it. But, but I, I can. Oh, yeah. Look, and it's Brad. so pretty. <laughs> I picked up this beautiful hardcover of The Wondrous Wonders by Camille Jordi from first second, and I picked it up strictly based on the cover. The art is beautiful, 
But it's about, it's kind of like a, an Alice in Wonderland kind of story where a girl, she's upset, her parents have remarried, and she's part of, uh, she now has step-siblings, and so she runs off into the woods, and she has to vanquish an evil empire. Yeah, it and doesn't look really, really like cute. a lot of first second books. You know, it's it looks like a storybook, a hardcover storybook. And it is one of those comics where you do a flip through and you go like, yeah, okay, insta buy. It's beautiful. I'm finding a little corner of myself that might be a tad cottage core. <laughs> and I feel like this appeals to that little sliver of me. Oh man, I love the idea of you exploring your cottage coreness. <laughs> uh, my recommendation for a new graphic novel is Blood of the Vir- Virgin from Pantheon Books and cartoonist Sammy Harkum. This book has taken 14 years to come together. I read it last night in a blitz. It's a big, thick hardcover. It's set in early 70s Los Angeles. It's about a wannabe filmmaker grinding it out in the exploitation scene. And he's he's an unlikable person. It's one of those comics where you're like, oh, this guy's such an (laughs) a-hole. Can I take much more of this book? But as you progress, the book starts to reveal certain things. And then in the last third of this story, something is revealed that I thought was, it was, it's like, it's beyond revelatory. And it made me reflect on my own life in a way that a comic hasn't recently. And when that happens, you got to celebrate it. So yeah, Blood of the Virgin, I'm really excited for Lisa to read it. I think it's probably the best graphic novel that I've read all year. So highest recommendation from Brad, be on the lookout for that. I'm sure your local shop has it. It just came out last week. Uh, Both of these just came out last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, they're both books where they just feel good in the hand. They're weighty. They're beautiful looking. They have their own unique vibe. Their plots are exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. are not exactly the same. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I I should shout out Kevin over at Big Planet Comics because he recommended Blood of the Virgin for me. And that's a great reminder to talk to your comic shop uh, proprietors. They've got good ideas of what's out there. And they kind of know you by yes. knowing your pull box. Yes, yes, It's actually yes. a very intimate relationship if you think about it. Yes, yes. And Discovery, Free Comic Book Day, again, is all about Discovery, which Lisa discusses with Steve in this conversation. So I, I guess that's enough teasing for the Steve Anderson Third Eye Comics chat. Uh, again, our thanks to him for inviting us to come on over and buy stuff and for giving us the money to buy that stuff. Yeah. Paying us in comics is our favorite kind of sponsored content. So any comic book shop out there wants us to go shop through their bins and do a little segment on the podcast, we're totally open to it. It's kind of our dream. And then after this conversation, please stick around because, yes, Jesse Lonergan is on the show discussing Ms. Truesdale and the Fall of Hyperborea, the latest Mignolaverse book. We've read the first issue. We love it. We're huge Jesse Lonergan fans. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best cartoonists working today. Uh, If you ever see him at a comic book convention, you got to go up to him and you got to buy a copy of Drome, his newspaper sized comic that he's currently working on that uh, I think we talk a little bit about in this conversation too. So you've got one conversation with Steve Anderson uh, and Third Eye Comics, and then you got another conversation with Jesse Lonergan and Ms. Truesdale on the fall of Hyperborea. Don't go anywhere. 
Steve, this is usually the part where I welcome you to the love nest. But here we are in your love <laughs> nest. But we're in your love nest. So uh, we're going to welcome ourselves into your love nest at Third Eye Comics. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for coming. I um, It sounds like you guys had fun. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Did Dream. we have fun? Yeah. Uh, please, if you haven't already, head over to our socials and look at all the comics that we picked up in the various dollar bins and 50% off trades and $5 variants and the back issues. Oh, my God. We spent, I don't know. I don't know how long we spent down there because uh, Time I went to... Time just melted away. Exactly. We that went is. to another place. We went into the place of the flippage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've talked about Third Eye Comics on the podcast in the past. Uh, we had, like, a nice little conversation back in the pandemic or during, during the lockdown days. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's been a while. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, okay. Right, right on. Yeah. Uh, and and so our listeners certainly know how much we love your shop. Uh, but Thank you. But why create a buys and bargains store? <laughs> um, well, you know, buys and bargains sounds good. Um, <laughs> but no, we... Um, we wanted to call it Third Eye Throwback, but there's already a couple Third Eye Throwbacks out there that do, like, jerseys and stuff. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so we couldn't do that. Um, but uh, we wanted to do, like, a throwback comic shop that's kind of a sidekick to our Annapolis store, where we could basically, like, kind of... Um, we already had the storefront where we were buying, like, collections and stuff, and we just figured that it would make sense. Like, okay, let's uh, maybe sell some of this excess that we're going to have from breaking down these collections. And, um, and, you know, we wanted to give people, I mean, yeah, it's extra stock for us. So, you know, we, we want to move it out. But at the same time, it's fun. Like, it's just a lot of fun. Like, well, what I love about, like, just contrasting the two experiences of the, like, the greater third eye store and then the bargains and buys is like. This Which is, is a block down from the main Annapolis store. And it's yeah. like, that's where you want to do your focused, like, just tune out the world and like just you know go into that meditative space of just looking at those books and letting your curiosity like just kind of open up yeah so it's a different vibe when you come into this store versus the other store uh it's it's not necessarily solitary but it allows you to become solitary mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah it's it's definitely more chill um you know like our, our other stores are um are very busy stores they're fun yeah. they're community feeling that you know the employees are like wonderful they'll yeah. come up and they'll ask what you like and they'll they'll come up with something that you're going to want to buy yeah yeah and this is more just like you know you come in hey how you doing you know dive in you know Zone out. you know like we just keep it chill and it's it's just it's just fun like i mean like the other thing that we can do here too is like our back issue section here um is probably the largest of all the stores mm -hmm. um not including the dollar books but just the regular like filing cabinets of prices marked stuff um and the stuff that we carry in there is stuff that we can't normally fit at the back issue sections of the other stores and for me like I think that's really cool because, like, I can't, like, fit entire runs of Grendel at those other stores because the demand is not as high. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to make sure I have lots of Jim Lee X-Men. But here, like, it's more kind of a targeted niche. So, like, this is where my peeps who are going to want to buy some Grendel are going to end up. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were discussing it on the drive up here, and we were going, well, what kind of dollar bins are these going to be? Because we've just like rediscovered our obsession for dollar bins yeah uh, going to cons and whatnot and you know sometimes those dollar bins are you know basically just modern comics exactly you know just repeats of the same 
issues that of you know well, I don't know, Fantastic Four that they couldn't sell. Right, off. of course, yeah. But what you have here is an incredibly eclectic. Oh yeah. Dollar bin section. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there are some modern comics in there, but there are also Grendel comics. Yeah. There's, there's lots of weird, you know, fish police. There's fish police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that kind of stuff. So it's it really does feel like it could serve any kind of comic book fan yeah i mean that's the goal and we we really do try to like make we have like some rules for it like with some dollar bins you go and you'll see and and even at some of our giant sales some of our boxes will be very chunky Mm. and it'll be like you said a lot of that same issue of fantastic four but when we're stocking these like we have a metric where it's like no more than say three or four of the same book Mm. tops because we don't want people to come in and just be like, this is a long box of the same book. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. You gave a little tour of your back room where you sort through the collections that you buy. And, and, and you know, like, how often are you buying comics? Every day. Every um, day. Every day. Always buying. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. Every day. We, uh, I mean, some days nothing comes through. Uh, but we typically, you know, we're, we are always buying. And, um, with Third Eye Buys being uh, open seven days a week now, uh, we'll be buying every single day, all mm-hmm. seven days a week, you know. But, you know, every day, if somebody comes our way, you know, we're buying. And do we, if we wanted to sell comics to you, do we just call the shop up? Do we go online? So the best thing to do would be to go to thirdeyebuys.com. Um, we have our rates chain, uh, posted up there weekly. Uh, they do update uh, from week to week depending on how much inventory we have. So if I have a lot of inventory, which you guys saw, yeah, yeah. Right, it's um, uh, intimidating. My rates are low because it's the labor aspect of what we do with um, the collections is um, it's a lot of work and it's um, it's very specialized work. It's it's very hard to um, it's hard to train. Um, so the labor aspect is is so the rates are low because we have so much to get through. Um, but we do update the rates every week, and we also buy things like Funko Pops and uh, manga and graphic novels and all of that kind of stuff. One yeah. of the things we talked about before we were recording is, like, like you are the specialist when it comes to going, like, this is a dollar book. Like, <laughs> That's me. So, yeah. so what, like... It, can you articulate the secret of recognizing something as a dollar book? Yeah, it's it's tricky. Um, I can't I can't articulate it well because yeah. I haven't figured out how to teach it. Uh-huh. I've figured out how to teach most of the rest of the process, but the dollar book thing is it's like a weird mix of basically just me knowing the demand from like our audience mm-hmm. and like you know some people really really like this part of X Men and this part of X Men. But not this part. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like this part of X Force is cool, and this part of X Force is cool, but this part's not. So I noticed in the dollar bins, you have almost all of the Liefeld New Mutants in there. Right. Know? 90 to 100, it's missing one issue. Exactly. <laughs> New exactly. Mutants 98, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, I would imagine that training someone to know to not put 98 in right. the box mm-hmm. versus 90 through 100 exactly. is okay is a little difficult to do. Yeah, and I mean, like, we also, too, it's also just, like, ex, like inventory. Like, for a long time, we were not dollar box binning uh, any New Mutants because even, like, the non-98s, you know, it's a cool run. It's really good. I'd pick them up if I didn't have them already. Right, yeah. but every so often, like, I we, we see that run a lot. So then, like, it gets to a point where you're, like, you just have so many... Right. 
you're like, okay, cool, it's going to go in there. Yeah, like it makes somebody's day. My yeah. favorite yeah. dollar bin stuff is the stuff that's so weird yeah, that yeah. if I don't buy it, it is trash. That's my favorite. <laughs> you know favorite. what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, that's mine too. Like, this is so odd yeah. that I have to... Like, the universe needs my dollar. Yeah. Because they showed me this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's my favorite, too. And and there's a lot of stuff like that, too, that, like, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I think, honestly, too, like, part of it, like, kind of to answer your question about how to, like, kind of figure out how to sort it, it's really just kind of a matter of, like, what, what people are looking for now and then add that to how much we have of that type of thing. And then it kind of, kind of, kind of moves out that way but the thing that's cool for me about it is the books you're talking about because like that's how I got really into comics like I would go to the comic shop and you know I started going to the comic shop because of X-Men but I would hit the dollar bin or at that time it was the three for a dollar bin mm-hmm. um, and um, and like there'd be like random issues of things like eight ball in there yeah. Yeah. and I would buy that and I was like what is this and then like I get home, I'm like eighth, you know, an eighth grader, and my brain is just blown yeah. by like this amazing comic that I paid thirty cents for or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Brian and I talk about like trying to like recapture what it was like to experience any medium, movies, comics, TV, like as a child. Yeah. Where you go, like you pick up a book and you go, like, well, it's got to be good because it's a comic. Right. And then you read it with this like open mind of like, this is you know. This is I mowed the lawn to get this. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And yeah, I, exactly. I feel like Dollar Bin does that. Yeah. You know, goes goes like, well, you know, it it was only a dollar, so it's exactly. Be good. But I put myself in Steve's position of determining what's a dollar book and what's not a dollar book, right. and <laughs> I have this weird thing, this like sort of like weird righteousness that will pop up where I go, what's this doing at a dollar book? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, Oh, brother, Maggie trust the mechanic me. comic in a dollar book. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'll buy it. But So my question would be, you know, are there moments where you're like, I know this is a dollar book because I know there's not like a huge audience for this, but it kind of hurts to put it in the Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Oh, my God. Like, like you have no idea. Like, almost everything I love is in, ends up in those bins yeah. because, like, I, have, I like a lot of indie stuff, and a lot of the indie stuff doesn't have – a huge secondary market demand um, because, you know, there's no MCU for indie comics, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, also, sometimes it's just an accident. And that's kind of the joy of the dollar bin is, like, you know, I've got three or four sets of hands downstairs on the collections, and, you know, there's a pass. And even when it gets to me, I mean, sometimes I've got 20, you know, I think I had 20 boxes to go through in one day last week. <laughs> and I'm just like... Boom, 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 And I mean, maybe it's just one of those rare days where Steve's in a hurry and like you get a great, you know what I mean? Suddenly there's an amazing fantasy 15 in there. Exactly. And that's that's kind of the fun, you know? I mean, like that's, that's in fact, we're going to probably do this cool thing, which I haven't, this will be, if people like what we're doing downstairs, this will be like phase two. We're going to do this thing called Skeleton Keys. And basically I've got, um, I've got these key issues that I just always see. And, like, I always end up with more of them than I need. And they're great keys, but I just have a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like, the you know, the second uh, second appearance of Deadpool is one of those kinds of keys. And I think we're going to just kind of, like, 
hide those in the dollar bill. This is genius. Yeah. (laughs) That is how you get me back in this store every week looking for skeleton keys. Yeah, that's I think that's what we're gonna do is we're gonna so that that'll be phase two if this goes over well. I got my I'm, I'm, and I guess I want to figure out how to add one more cool thing to it. To Put make a golden it fun. ticket in it. Yeah, well, that's you know, what I was thinking. Like, like some Wonka kind of cool style, thing. Like you found a key. Like, yeah. yeah. Or like a key that like unlocks like a discount on like a wall book. Or, yeah. You know. Like, well, one of the things I like about Third Eye Comics at the main shop, and there's some of that downstairs too, at the, in this store. You will, you'll, you'll bag and board it, and then you'll put like a little sticker on it. That says like, "This is why this issue is red. Yeah. It's the first appearance of X." And, yeah, you know, and then you're like, "Oh, this is the first time that this artist worked on this book." Oh wow, okay. Yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about Third Eye is like this idea of accessibility. Like, yeah. you feel like you, even if you've never read a comic before, you can walk into a Third Eye store. There'll be someone there to help you. There's everything you need to look like you know what Thank you're talking you. about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, it's that's just awesome. Really, that really question sweet. you hear all the time, and we hosted Superman 1 and 2 back-to-back at the Alamo Draft House the other day. That's so cool. And we came out of <laughs> it, so and, you know, cool. people are suddenly curious about Superman comics, and they go, well, where should I start with yeah. Superman comics? And it's such a daunting question, It right? is, yeah. And so uh, it's a question that... I haven't answer, asked the Superman question, but I've asked similar questions to your folks at the Third Eye shop. And you'll get answers at Third Eye that you yeah. won't get at other places. They're not really? as intimidated by that question. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and for me, it was like Morrison. You know, yeah, I think it was, All-Star is where I'd put people. Well, yeah, right, yeah. Right. So I had yeah. read... Uh, I'd read All-Star and I'd read Animal Man. Yeah. And then somebody just started... Actually, they put Zenith in my hand. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And that's how I first read Zenith. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Yeah, we love those kind of questions. We love when people are like, where do I go with this? Where mm-hmm. do I do this? And, like, that's that's the best. Because yeah. isn't that sort of like the fallacy of of people being intimidated by comics is it's, oh, it's so big. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't even start because I, even know where to start, yeah. I don't even know where to start. But the truth is there's actually lots of places to start. Yeah. They're are. always trying to get you to start. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, and you just want to, you want to send people out with like the, the most exciting thing, you know, and you want to be like, cool, like this is, I mean, that's the thing that we always kind of, when we bring people into third eye, like when we're training people and stuff is like, we always tell everybody right from jump, we're like, you don't have to know a million things about comics. All you have to do is just be a good listener and mm-hmm. find out why that person likes the things they like and then match them up to things that you know they're going to like. So, like, the the, the starter Superman story for one person might not be the same starter Superman person for another story. You know what I mean? Someone might come in and say, I really liked uh, Smallville. Where should I start? I'd give him Earth One. Yeah. Someone might say, "Hey, I just really want to read like something that really embodies like Superman in that kind of timeless sense." I give him All Star. Yeah. And yeah. like you got to really kind of like listen to that customer. Yeah. 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 So I would imagine though, at this store at Buys and Bargains, that sort of hand selling would be a little bit different. Yeah. Than at your other shops. Yeah, because it's so it's so like. Um, anything goes down there so we don't even know what the stock is you know what i mean like we've got like somebody was in here and they were asking me they were like do you have any of that and i'm like oh i have no idea i'm like and maybe um but like no i mean like we um we know the stock down there and we know it when you find it but it's kind of that 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 thrill of the hunt the needle in a haystack but um the relationship that the staff here um it's it's much more of kind of like 
the like I'm going to come into the shop, I'm going to dig, you know, it'll be friendly service, but my my people here are going to be like they're going to be more paying attention to like, oh, that's, you know, that's Brad who really likes Maggie the mechanic. Hey, Brad, I got some locust issues. You know what I mean? I got some, you know, or one of the spinoffs from, you know, one of the, the solo books by one of the two brothers. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's what you're going to see is you're going to see that kind of like a little bit more like of a relationship based kind of like um, like service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and we can do that down here because it's a little bit of a slower pace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we do that pretty darn well at the big store, too. Um but because there's a lot more staff and there's a lot more people, it's harder for us to always remember, like, it takes us a couple more visits to remember, like, okay, cool, this person got this last time, let me get them this, you know. Now, we do do it after a couple of visits. Trish is really good at it, um, and Amy is really good at it. Um, but, um, but down here, it's going to be much more kind of like, what are you collecting? What are you following? Oh, you want to you fill some holes in your run? I just put a bunch of those in the bin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would imagine that, uh, you know, when, when you start getting lots and lots of return business uh, of the same sort of addicts, that you'll be able to, like, just, you know, weed through what you have and supply them <laughs> with some quality stuff. Yeah, yeah I yeah. like that because then I can buy more stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're constantly, like, looking for more space, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, that's the thing. We, uh, we are constantly trying to figure out ways to just store more stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and this, this isn't even the warehouse for like our fixtures and stuff. I right. mean, I collect fixtures almost as much as I collect comics. <laughs> one of my favorite things that you said today was that what, one of the, you nerd out over receipts. Yeah. You know, the types of receipts that yeah. you used to see it from shops. No, I, um, I'll be right back. I'm going to grab some. Yeah, yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is a kind of a neat little thing. That, uh, Amazing. Yeah, this is it. So this is the Big Planet Orbit. Whoa! So that's a newsletter that they used to do um, yeah. back in the day. And that was in a collection that we were processing. Mm-hmm. And um, I kept it because I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I miss this because Big Planet was my first shop uh, when we moved out to Reston. Yeah. And, oh, man. Isn't that great? That's so dope. Yeah, so they, oh, look at that. And Harlan Ellison receives the 1998 Defender of Liberty Award. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah, I that, have not seen one of those in that's the kind 20 of stuff. years. When collections come through, that's what my guys, like, downstairs, like, like when they're processing, like, that's what they, you know, like, one of them will come up and they'll just be like, hey, I found this. And it'll be like a comic shop's newsletter or, like, their catalog. I have so many catalogs. Yeah. And, like, just stuff like that. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, I I didn't even realize that they were gone until this moment. <laughs> yeah, but they, they used to be, like, in every bag, you would yeah. have an orbit. And I don't know when they stopped. But yeah. it was while I was shopping there. It's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's in, like, receipts and stuff. That's yeah, my that thing. Yeah, that stuff is so cool. Yeah. I love finding books that somebody signed to another person. Like, yeah. Dear Bob... Glad the surgery went well. Enjoy. You know, like, I love that That's stuff. the best. We found a commandy so issue downstairs that was signed to Joe, or it was Joe's It was Joe's copy. comic. Yeah. It was yeah. clearly Joe doing oh. Joe's issue of commandy. I love that. That's yeah. so good. Uh, that is not downgraded in value. That <laughs> yeah, is upgraded. Yeah. Whenever you get something signed, we're like, to Brad and Lisa. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, you know, by the time this conversation comes out, this shop will be open. We're, we're, we're recording this conversation uh, before anyone else 
else has had like a time to like yeah, jump in there. We took all the good shit. <laughs> we left plenty of there's, good shit. There's no books we haven't touched. There's lots of good comics we left behind. Are so we need a couple million dollars to completely take everything. Um, but you know, just from like a like uh, store hours wise, does the store hours match what you've got at the other shops? Um, so um, it's a little more limited than what we have in Annapolis. Annapolis has um crazy hours annapolis our, our big stores have like long hours uh they're open uh monday through saturday 11 to 9 and then sundays 11 to 6 um okay. this store will be monday through saturday 11 to 7 and then sundays 11 to 5 and then if we see a level of demand where like people are coming up right up at seven and like we're like having to like you know stay till seven thirty, eight o'clock then we'll make them longer hours mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know i'm i'm excited to see how the store does because it's something that I would like to see uh, sweep the nation. I would, I would like uh, buys and bargain shops all over this country. Me too. Uh, <laughs> certainly up in our neck of the woods. Is there like a nerve that, it, like a, a sense of anxiety that it won't really I mean, connect? For, for me, I mean, like I think that about everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always nervous like about like, like everything like you know what i mean like because like i never know mm-hmm. like i come up with like ideas for stuff and like i i don't know until i do it and we've done stuff before that like didn't work and we just quietly were like all right you know it's over here but um this one here isn't really like um it's not like a costly risk for us because we already had this the, the 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 storefront um finished out for third eye buys uh we were just buying stuff and that was it. right so you're using the space already we're already using it yeah Yeah. and like our our our, um company uh offices um you know all that lives up here so like you know like we got to pay for this and then um the storage we need that for the collections and it kind of feeds the other stores so there's not like a big downside if it doesn't work um, but at the same time, I still like to think like there is because I want it to really work. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Lisa, do you want to go through some of the books that we sure. found uh, and just brag? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. And I also got, some, I grabbed some uh, half price trades as well. Yeah. Nice. We so have where, a lot of those. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with trades? Do you want to start with single issues, Lisa? I'll start with a trade. I found uh, Katie Skelly's Nurse Nurse that I've never read, and I'm excited to check out. It's like that really satisfying like digest size, and I love Katie Skelly. So. Yeah, like her art a lot. So good. Uh, so uh, I'm not as fancy as you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the thing that I was probably the most excited about when I pulled it out, and like I think I, I get I, it was a little gasp of excitement just like exploded mm-hmm. from me, but there is the Marvel Comics adaptation of RoboCop two, right? Which is the first comic I ever purchased along with GI Joe one hundred and three, and at some point I got rid of it. And I, I'm not you know thankfully my parents didn't sell my comics or make me get rid of the comics, but that was just a book that never found its way into the long boxes. Yeah. And so to finally like recover it. Yeah. You know, like this could be my copy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm yeah. very excited to read that tonight. That's Ooh, awesome. Yay! Um, I I also found this is the other uh, trade, the moving moving pictures by Catherine and Stuart Eminen. Yeah, co- oh, creative that's cool. couple. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. I also got some trash though. Do you want to hear about my trash? Yeah, of course I want. That's that's uh, <laughs> most of the stuff that I got was trash. Yeah, we got piles. Well, well what people would call trash, I would call treasure. Yeah, um, I found. Ed, uh, from Adventure Comics, I guess. Um, Death Hawk, number one. So nice. it's, it's got this guy, he's got 
a machine gun in one hand, and I don't know my guns very well, but another it's a, it's a pistol, a pistol of some kind. He's got a lot of like grenades on his belt. Yeah, but my, what really drew me in was this little like sluggy alien. When I oh yeah, that's great. On his shoulders. And it's a like, Dave Dorman uh, painted cover. The guy who did like uh, Star Wars, the Dark yeah, Empire, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and then uh, well, talk about that. Second but then issue the second stuff. issue, there is uh, a naked woman who is uh, being attacked by uh, many a many needled uh, robot guy. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I am intrigued. And those robot arms are placed perfectly, is not to scandalize anyone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Does she have nipples? We'll never know. We'll never know. I'll have to read it. Uh, let's see. Okay, you went trashy. What's the trashiest thing that I picked up? I don't know if I got anything that trashy. <laughs> not, not that you, that you want to share with the class. <laughs> um, well, okay. Well, what I, another one that I was really excited about: Richard Corbin, who can be trashy sometimes, but uh, Love Richard Corbin, one. yeah, yeah. Uh, found the first two issues of Vic and Blood: The Chronicles of a Boy and His Dog, which is oh, an adaptation cool. of Harlan Ellison's novella. Uh, I have that trade paperback somewhere, but I've never had the single issues. Yeah. So to finally have those in the collection is really, really exciting. We, li- we like to have multiple copies of the yeah. things we love in every format. Yeah. I am the same way. <laughs> yeah. I am the same way. There was some other Richard Corbin Sometimes stuff. I forget I bought one. Too. Oh, yeah. No, we do that, too. <laughs> we, we do that a lot. Yeah. We do that a lot. Uh, what else you got, Lisa? Um... Well, uh, I got the Adventures of Superman, the one where uh, he's making out with this chick sitting on top of Lois Lane's grave. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite covers. Annual 1991. I think uh, awesome. Louise Simonson's yes. the writer on that. Yes. Yeah, so that's always so good. Um, what's something else? Well, we've been buying Boris the Bear uh, recently at cons, and so we, we started with some... the Punisher. One. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like homage covers are something that I'm like a, a sucker for. Uh, you know, especially with like a comic like Boris the Bear, where it's like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> doing an homage of Flash of Two Worlds. Yeah. Uh, there was like another. There's a Dark Horse presents Flash of Two Worlds that we saw recently that was like two predators. From different dimensions, right. racing to kill a human. Yeah, um, it's always wild ones too, like Destroyer Duck. Like there was a Frank Miller cover I saw, yeah, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> I was like, "Frank Miller, just Destroyer Duck, holy cow!" Whoa. So, <laughs> speaking of Frank Miller, there is a cover that he did for Amazing Heroes magazine, which was kind of like a pre-Wizard, a pro-Wizard, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, maybe a little classier than Wizard was. <laughs> uh, like, not quite the comics journal, but definitely not Wizard. And Frank Miller did a cover for his interview, and it's Frank Miller illustrating Batman, the Dark Knight, and Elektra about to clash around an yeah, alley so corner. Cool. Really cool cover, so yeah. I had to pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, my thing that I'm really excited that I found, I've started collecting Angel Love, and Angel Love is like a, Love. Uh, like a like a romance comic, like a high melodrama t- type of like, um, you know, she's she's dating her her girlfriend, she's pregnant, you know, like that yeah. kind of thing. And so I found Angel Love in the stacks, and I'm so excited. Yeah. Slate. Oh, this is number five. So so by starting collecting, I have three, four, right now. Five. <laughs> when I saw that one in your stack, I was like, I was like, oh, I was like Angel Love, because like every time I pull that one out. I'm like, this looks so cool. It is like, really yeah. cool. And she has, she's a cartoonist, and she has a little, 
like she has this little angel that she draws when she needs a guardian angel and then oh, it comes cool. like comes alive and talks to her and stuff. <laughs> I've also been like uh, collecting movie adaptations, comic yeah. book movie adaptations, and so I picked up uh, an adaptation of the Nick Nolte movie The Deep that Marvel oh, Comics put man. out. And yeah. I picked up a Dark Horse Comics adaptation of Predator 2, or at least part one of two. There's a really dope Dr. Giggles Predator, oh, yeah. Predator uh, Dark Horse. Yeah. yeah, I'm on the hunt for that. <laughs> and then I picked up a Talent Showcase, or DC Talent Showcase number 19, because it features the first comics work of Darwin Cook, who is That's my so favorite cool. cartoonist, probably. Yeah. 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 Lots of good stuff. Yeah. I mean, and that, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, we walked it away with like 80-something dollars. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, if we kept on going through this entire stack here, we would be here till the sun. Yeah, went, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think the sun is going down. It was about a short box yeah, worth. Yeah, yeah, you, guys, box you, guys, worth yeah. you guys got some good stuff. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So thank you for letting us uh, take a, the first nab at those boxes. Yeah. Because Tom King was here earlier today. I apologize. <laughs> he was nerding out too. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was what like, did he get? He got a mar- he got um oh man he got a bunch of '90s DC stuff. Oh, that's fun. Um, I think he got like some Armageddon and like yeah. he got um there was something else Checkmate. Mm-hmm. He was oh, yeah. like he was like Checkmate and I'm like <laughs> I'm like I'm like Tom I've never heard anyone this excited for Checkmate. <laughs> Amazing. And he was like I really gotta go. <laughs> so this episode Free Comic Book Day has happened. It's over. It's in our past now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's in our future as we're talking, but as this episode is out, it's in the past. And I understand that you announced something pretty cool at Free Comic Book Day. Yes, yeah. So uh, so Free Comic Day, we're going to be letting everybody know about Third Eye Music and Video. Yes. What? <laughs> Third Eye Music and Video. That's right. Yeah, we... Um, so the two Annapolis stores, uh, we've got the game store and the comic store, and they're both massive, full of cool stuff. And then we have the space in the middle that's going to be coming up vacant uh, very soon. Um, and we are going to be putting a giant, awesome uh, record and movie store in there. And um, it's going to be super cool. So yes. it's basically transforming that whole block into a Third Eye Comics superstore. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I, I mean, um, talk about like your one-stop shop. Yeah. Like, you get your movies, you get your vinyl, you get your comics, you get your games. You walk a block. You walk a block, you get comics. <laughs> like, going to Third Eye will now be a day event for the Galaxies. Yeah. yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Right? Gonna that's the goal. Like, go, you're going to have to open a restaurant. You, you know. You're going to have to pack a lunch. Like, like yeah. a Third Eye coffee shop, a I, Third uh, Eye bar. I'm, I'm waiting you know, on those vacancies. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a coffee shop, I would never yeah. yeah. Caffeinated, scrounging <laughs> $2 bins. Third Eye Comics Hotel. Oh, <laughs> well, I joke with everybody. I'm like, you know, with recreational on the way, maybe we'll have Third Eye Buds at the end, you oh, know? Very like, nice. <laughs> oh, man. I freaking love that. But, um, but no, it's going to be cool. We, um, we started carrying records and movies um, in the game store uh, during COVID um, because we had a half a store that we couldn't do anything with because mm-hmm. we had to shut our play space down. Um, and it actually ended up being one of the the best things uh, for us because those two categories, number one, I just like that stuff. Anything we start at third eye that we'd like try, it's always something that like, we're like, okay, cool. We think people will like it, but also like, we think it's cool. And mm-hmm. like, we'll start small and sometimes stuff works and sometimes it doesn't. 
and the records took off and I'm a big music person too. So I was like, Oh, this is great. And then I was like, maybe we'll try movies and I'm a big movie person. And then the movies and the movies really surprised me. I was not expecting that. And like, yeah, physical media. Yeah. Where's that? And Netflix just announced that they're going to be mailing their last DVD. I actually still subscribe to this. Do you? I do. Oh, I, do. I do. I do. I got. I got the three. Three. Uh, oh. Three out of time plan. I yeah. think we yeah. have two envelopes that we've just never returned. We'll talk yeah. About <laughs> I literally. I literally just mailed back. Um, Lamberto Bava's Demons, and then oh, I'm gonna yeah. watch Pecker tonight, John oh, Waters yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. But with that, that their last DVD mails out in September, and like the thing that people like, I think are starting to realize, and why I think we're seeing sales on video. I mean, records obviously those have been doing well for a little bit, but um, but video I think is coming back because with the streaming services, you either have to have like 14 subscriptions to watch whatever you want to watch. And it actually ends up being more than if you just go out and buy one or two movies a month. Um, or, like, licensed stuff. Like, I was talking to somebody about John Woo, and I was like, you've never seen a better tomorrow? We're going to watch that shit right now. Yeah. And I'm like, it's nowhere to be found. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of that John Woo stuff, the Hong Kong stuff, yeah. very hard to find streaming, and even to rent. Yeah, you can't. You yeah. can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And, like, I was like, I was like, but, like, I had the box set, and I'm like, we're going to watch this. Yeah. But, um... The other thing, too, is I think that with, like, DVDs, and I know that for me, like, when I rent, like, uh, when I do the mail-away, I will I will finish a movie and I'll enjoy it more. Um, whereas with, like, the streaming stuff, I find that, like, I'm just, I'm looking for the next best thing. I'm like, oh, I want to watch this. Nah, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Whereas if it's in the DVD player, I'm invested. You committed. Yeah. I'm co- it's committed, yeah. yeah. We so. definitely believe in that. Yeah. yeah. We're big physical media people to the point where I'm afraid... We live on the third floor. I'm afraid from the weight of our physical media, we're slowly just going to manifest destiny, the, the apartment below us. Yeah, it wouldn't awesome. be that bad if they let us have that space then. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Steve, before we go, I, I always want to put you on the spot about what you're excited uh, about right now in comics. Yeah, like, sure. What's going on in the comic book world that you are just – uh, in Game love with story. yeah 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 okay so um I, so much I'm always I'm always pumped and like right now so like if I had to look and say like just like in the realm of like you know rock'em sock'em big two comics I like I'm really excited about DC this year um yeah. DC is like the night terror stuff it's like yeah. Freddy Krueger versus the DC universe it looks awesome um, all the new DC number ones like have been great. Like Josh Williamson's Superman was phenomenal. Doom Patrol was so dope. Uh, I read in advance of the Green Arrow that's coming out this week, and it's the best Green Arrow I've read probably since like the Kevin Smith stuff. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, like it's really good. Which, by um, the way, is in the dollar bins right now. I know. <laughs> that's one of those ones where I'm like, this is criminal. Yeah. But um, I, I really am excited for DC. Like, I really think that this is going to be a year where like they're going to surprise everybody. And like, by the time we get to the end of the summer, they're going to be like, that's where the good superhero yeah. comics are going to be. Yeah. Not to pick like favorites, but I do feel like DC has been, you know, in the, in the superhero big two world they've for a little killing. while has been killing it. They have. And yeah. like the comics like have been like, they've really put an emphasis on strong creative. Yes. And like, I feel like they've kind of like, figured out how to coalesce that around like a direction now yeah. which makes it easier to market that out and get it to people and i think it's just i think they're gonna hit big um then in 
terms of just other stuff, um, I really, really uh, am excited about James Tinian's uh, World Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I uh, I got a chance to read in advance of that, and it'll be out this week, and then we have him coming in on May 13th for the signing. But I really, really liked it. Like, I thought it was just a great read. It's like this 90s nostalgia for, like, analog internet, you know, like, mixed with the horror aspect, and it's, it's just really cool. Um, and... Oh man, there's so much. That's those. Those are some of the big. I'd say that's like kind of like my big stuff. Like I, I'm really Indigo Children. That was phenomenal by our buddy Kurt Pyers. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was super good. Like I really, really liked that too. Um, He's coming for a signing, right? Yeah, May twenty seventh, yeah. Saturday, May twenty seventh. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like stoked about manga. Like there's yeah. so much good manga out there. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, this, it's going to be a great year for comics. Like, I'm seeing um, people are, um, we had a strong period of time for comics where um, things were very much, like, succeeding solely on, like, a speculator kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, um, like while that can be good for business, it's just not as much fun. Right. Like, I just, that's not my wheelhouse. You know, like, I grew up reading comics in the late 90s. And, like, there wasn't really a speculative market in the late 90s. There wasn't a market in the late 90s, yeah. you know? It was a creator-driven market. And um, I feel like we're going back into one of those periods where it's going to be content-focused. Like, that seems to be I where people so. are. I think so. I hope so. That uh, seems yeah. to be where we're heading. Yeah, because yeah. I'm still going to read them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, I, that's what I love. Like, you know, like, I, it breaks my heart when, like, you know, you're talking to somebody and, like, you're like this person does not read a single comic, like yeah. and like, but they have a stack. But they're they and I, it, I mean for each their own. Everybody's got their own thing, and I appreciate it. But like, I really, I want to just tell people why this comic kicks yeah, ass. Hard yeah, hard to relate to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At the same time, if I want to buy a really nice slab comic, I can also find those at Third Eye Comics. Okay. That's right. <laughs> we do have those. For everyone. Yeah, yeah. Like I like part of me. I, like, I just recoil at a slab book. Like, it just, like, makes me feel like, oh, no. Yeah. But I have to, like, I have to say to myself, like, okay, it's just, like, that's not me. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, I was just about exactly. to tell, tell a scandal story. <laughs> I'm just excited to see, like, kind of, like, a return to, like, yeah. more. Like, like collecting is great. I love collecting. But I want people to collect something they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yes. know? And yeah. that's that's where I think we're getting back yeah. to. Yeah. And as we say, like... Practically on every episode, it's like no better time to be reading comics than right now. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's the best time. I mean, like, it's like, I remember, like, when we first opened, like, even, and we opened in 2008, and even then, like, I didn't have the variety of stuff I've got to show to people. Like, I didn't have, like, I've got, like, a bomb-ass young adult section, yes. you know? Like, i got this, like, crazy plethora of all this first-second stuff that's phenomenal and, like, all this really good stuff. We love first-second. They're great. And, like, that wasn't around when I opened, yeah. you know? Like, I remember, like, it was, like, someone would come in and they're like, you got any cool nonfiction stuff? And I'm like, it's all kind of depressing, but I do. <laughs> um, but now i got everything, yeah. you know? Man. Well, congratulations on getting this store open. Congratulations on expanding the empire with a mega <laughs> store uh thank you we will be there on grand opening day whenever that is thank you um you don't have a date yet when that would happen i actually okay. i have some I have a date and i have something for you guys Ooh. if i can find them a pass for preview night which will be i believe what's the date on the august, august 18th brad's yep. birthday is that your birthday <laughs> so you i will be here for preview my night. birthday yeah yeah yeah. Have fun. yeah that is the best birthday gift yes <laughs> so that's our that's our like sneak peek 
and that'll be yeah, like basically uh, you know just a, you know a handful of people that have the passes, and then we open grand opening will be uh, the following day. That's so. also when Blue Beetle comes out. That's <laughs> right. There you go. Great, have a great day. What oh, synergy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one last thing, Steve. You know, people hopefully have looked at the show notes and seen all the links that I put in the show notes. <laughs> but sometimes they don't look at them. So in case people want to get up to date on everything you got going, so many signings, so they should be visiting your site no doubt. regularly. <laughs> uh, where can they find you online? So the best place to find us is thirdeyecomics.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thirdeyecomics, Twitter at thirdeyecomics, Facebook at thirdeyecomics. TikTok at Third Eye Comics, but thirdeyecomics.com will take you to all of those places. And if you're not local to one of our stores, you can order online from us at thirdeyecomics.com as well. Uh, we ship worldwide. Uh, one final, you know, thank you to Third Eye Comics, but during lockdown, I had discovered Usagi Ojimbo. I had made the commitment to read all of Usagi Ojimbo, and you guys provided and you shipped this giant box <laughs> of books to me. That's and awesome. We, devoured them yes so thank you well thank that. you for ordering of them. course yeah of course. <laughs> all right steve thank you um how do we and sign I, out on this lisa uh we'll, we'll sign out later in our outro oh yeah we usually do. Right. generally we just stop again huge thanks to steve from third eye comics for inviting us to his new store and letting us rummage around giving us money to rummage around that was so incredible and i love his entire philosophy about being a proprietor of the comics medium and that idea of like, hey, there are no walls up. You can walk into my store, know nothing, and feel welcome. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's essential for the growth of the medium, mm -hmm. too. You need more places like Third Eye Comics. And how about that announcement? Yeah. Uh, Third Eye Comics is going to become this mega store in Annapolis, Maryland. It's going to be this cultural hub. If you're in the DMV area, it's well worth the drive. It takes us about an hour and 20 minutes, depending on traffic, usually longer, to get to Third Eye Comics. But we never regret that time in the car. Mm, yeah, that place is a worthwhile destination. Now we got to move into part two of our free comic book day special, our chat with Jesse Lonergan talking about Ms. Truesdale and the fall of Hyperborea. But before we can even do that, we got to do some words of affirmation. So usually we hold these words of affirmation portions for our counseling session episodes, but Lisa and I were having a conversation and that conversation resulted in why? Why do we do that? No, every episode we should bring in some words of affirmation. This is our opportunity to thank our new and upgrading Patreon subscribers. Without their support, we cannot do what we do. They really do provide gas money to go to Annapolis, Maryland yeah. to do shows like this. Uh, equipment upgrades, plane tickets to conventions. We just got our press application approved for San Diego Comic-Con and without our patrons, we would not be able to go to as many cons and uh, report on them as we do. So we owe them tremendous thanks and the way that we give those thanks, we provide a little words of affirmation on each and every episode going forward. Ooh. Of course, we don't expect all of our listeners to become patrons. There are many ways that you can support comic book couples counseling a five-star review on apple podcast does wonders sharing these episodes with your friends family and strangers does wonders and we appreciate you as well and guess what 
you can actually use these affirmations that are dedicated to our patrons for yourself, which is what Lisa and I do. Yeah, we curate and use affirmations, and we're more than happy to pass them on to you. These quotes are all attributed to Bill Watterson, one nice. of my all-time faves, according to the internet. I have not properly sourced these, but I do think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let us take a deep and cleansing breath as we clear our minds. Jeremy Gooch. Weekends don't count unless you spend them doing something completely pointless. Cody. If you can find even one person you really like, you're lucky. And if that person can also stand you, you're really lucky. JJ. We're so busy watching out for what's ahead of us that we don't take time to enjoy where we are. Yeah, mm. those are fantastic. I really need to read more Calvin and Hobbes. I didn't grow up on it like you did, but I have become curious because of your fandom. Like what I like about Calvin and Hobbes is that it has kind of a thorny optimism. Mm. Like Calvin is such a crab, but generally <laughs> like the message is enjoy your life. We have to cover Calvin and Hobbes in a counseling session at some point, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Let's make a note of that. Uh, so there you are. That's our words of affirmation portion. Thank you to all our lovely patrons for giving what you give. It means the world to us. Uh, so yes, Jesse Lonergan talking about Ms. Truesdale and the fall of Hyperborea. The first issue comes out from Dark Horse Comics on May 17th. It is part of the Hellboy universe. Hyperborea has been explored several times before, but not quite like this. Mm. And Definitely not with Jesse Larnigan doing the heavy lifting with his incredible artwork. Yeah, isn't this like a match made in heaven? It really is. If you've checked out books like Planet Paradise or Faster, there is this kinetic energy that Jesse Larnigan brings to all of his stories. And he has a similar philosophy regarding inserts mm -hmm. that Mignola shares. And I love to see how... Lonergan updated that style for Miss Truesdale. And we definitely talk about that in this conversation. So just to give you a basic plot synopsis as context for this conversation, Miss Truesdale is part of the Heliopic Brotherhood of Ra. And she's kind of like a, she's like low, she's like a low member. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't hold a lot of power within the brotherhood because it is a brotherhood and they're a bunch of misogynistic jerkwads. Exactly. But the leader is this woman and Miss Truesdale goes to see her and they share a vision of the past where we find out that Miss Truesdale might be more powerful and more key to the overall brotherhood than previously assumed. Yeah, and like all trips to the Hyperborean age in the Hellboy universe, you know, there's a lot of love being thrown around for Robert E. Howard-like characters. So if you like Conan the Barbarian, Red Sonia, this is where Mike Mignola gets those kinks out. Mm -hmm. And this time, with the help of Jesse Lonergan, who, again, has just such a unique style that pairs so well with Mike Mignola's pacing. My introduction to Jesse Lonergan was Hydra, which I mispronounced in this interview, and I'm forever <laughs> setting myself on fire for that. But um, <laughs> how could I have known? I learned the word from reading. And it's a fake word. I'm going down <laughs> I'm going down a rabbit hole of shame. But 
Hydra is all, it's all pacing because it's a wordless comic. And I'm not a wordless comic type of no, person. I'm you very usually worried. resist them. Um, but I loved it so much. It's like a space journey. If you haven't read any Jesse Lonergan, Hydra is a perfect place to start because it really hyper focuses on his specific superpowers. And you can read it digitally, but we would recommend seeking out the magazine sized version that Image Comics put out. Yes. Because you want to lay that thing flat. Spacing is everything in his comics. It's about the amount of space. So with our recommendations out of the way and the setup of the plot, here's our conversation with Jesse Lonergan talking about Ms. Truesdale and the fall of Hyperborea. <laughs> Jesse, welcome to Comic Book Couples Counseling. Hello. Hello. Uh, good to be here. We are super excited to have you here. We're huge fans. We've been oh. massive fans of your work for a long time. I think the first comic we ever read of yours was Hedra. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a definitely yes for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels like a calling card comic. You like you could slap that on someone's desk and be like, <laughs> check out this guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I feel that's a lot of people's first first uh, experience dealing with me um is is that that comic uh so yeah i definitely feel like it's the one people know me for and so for us when we then heard that you were working for the mignola verse which is one of the first comics that lisa and i kind of bonded over all the hellboy stuff mike mignola that felt like i don't know that that was just like such a glorious uh, announcement we it were so excited so right yeah it seems <laughs> so right yeah yeah it, it's pretty cool um you know like mike mike mignola has been a big i don't know how visible it is but like a big influence and also you know has just had this this career and this this body of work that's just i don't know if anyone else like active like compares really like yeah I, I, it's interesting that you know, you say like, oh, I don't know if people could tell. Lisa and I were debating it just before we got on the mic with you. It, you if you look at Hedra and Drome and uh, Faster, I feel like there is a Mignola influence there with your paneling. Mm -hmm. I see it in the like the use of the void. Yeah, yeah. Like the use of of um, blank space creating time. Right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's definitely one of the things is like, you know, I, I feel like people seem to look at this sort of, I don't know how to describe it, like monolithic sort of figures mm. and these sort of like perfectly sort of structured panels, but then the, like the composition inside the panel, but then also the way he does panels, I feel like sort of like realizing like, well, you you can just have a red block and like, yep. that's that's all you need or you don't necessarily have to have the panels like going in sequence. Like, you know, you can have like this like aspects of a, of a scene uh, within the panels. I often think about his work in terms of inserts. Mm -hmm. He was the first artist that I felt like he used like an insert the way that a movie would, like you'd be reading an action scene in, I don't know, like uh, the, the chain coffin. Mm -hmm. And then there would be, just a panel of a bird. Yeah, I feel like it, it's I, I, it's this weird thing of like it seems like in in movies and like video and whatever we're very used to just having like something interjected 
into a sequence. But but within comics, it feels kind of rare to see that. Um, and, and I think he does it especially well. Um, and it's sort of, that, that was like one of like, you know, his big influences on me was sort of like thinking, thinking about it sort of like non sort of linear. It doesn't have to be going in chronological order. Um, but also it can just be one panel. Like, right. It, it doesn't need to be like a scene in the present and a scene in the past. It could be like, no, this, this one panel is from a different time. Um, and, and it can work. <laughs> I guess always the fear is like, does this work? Uh, does, this, does this make sense? <laughs> so then with that admiration in mind, what was the emotional experience when <laughs> you get that phone call and you've been invited into the Mignola verse? Yeah. Uh, well, it was a, it was a Facebook message. Uh, and <laughs> it was like, is this real? <laughs> like, wait, what? Is this how things happen? Uh, so it was, it was kind of, kind of just like shock of, of Mike Mignola one, like knowing who I was at all. And then like also liking what I do. Um, and so it was kind of like this, you know, he just like wrote me sort of kind of out of the blue being like, do you want to do something in, in the Hellboy universe? Um, which I was like, yeah, <laughs> do, do people say no, I don't like, uh, <laughs> And then, you know, like we met in New York and like we're chatting and I, I realized like he was like pretty definite that he wanted me to do it. Like I didn't have to like do anything other than what I've already done to like prove to him, which I was, yeah, that's like, what no I thought. Bitch. I was like, I was like, oh, I need to convince him that I, I can do this. <laughs> uh, and he, I realized like during our conversation, I was like, oh, he thinks I can. It's like, <laughs> uh, so that was, I don't know, that was like. Kind of intimidating meeting him and and stuff and then like realizing like oh he just we're just gonna do this um and so it's been i don't know a little hard to believe like it was something i kind of doubted i think up until i started drawing like finished pages even though i'd like signed the contract and stuff i was like ah this is probably not gonna happen uh but uh yeah it, i think I, I just finished uh colors on the the fourth and final issue um so it's, so it's happened. It's happened. I think it's going to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a lot of shock. I love that. I love the idea of going like, oh, my hero. They believe in me. Yeah, How wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's, it's like intimidating, you know, cause like his work is, I, I just hold in such high regard and then like to be doing work and sending it to him to be, you know, judged. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, so nervous and like oh what is he what is he gonna say and then but then also like reading the script and like you know one of them in the first issue there's like page five the fight continues um it's like okay i guess he trusts me to to do this um so so it's like a intimidating yet also a confidence boost at the at the same time in the press, um, Mignola talks about his love for you, using that four-letter word, using love, yeah. uh, being a res a, a specifically about your pacing. Mm -hmm. And you talk about how, like, your pacing is influenced by him, but also, like, uh, he must see something else in there. Like, do, do you feel like you have a secret to your, like, signature Jesse Lonergan pacing? <laughs> People talk a lot about like 
pacing and like time and, and stuff like that. And, and it's not, I do draw a lot, like, uh, and I draw in comic book form. Like when I'm working on my own stuff, that's how I write is, right. is I just draw comics. And so I, I think it's, it's maybe gotten to this point where it's like, so this is just how I'm thinking, you know, on, on paper. And this is how I'm breaking it up, but I'm not like thinking about thinking about it it's just like yeah. this is this is how it works and this is where the the next thing should be this is the next this is the movement that follows this movement um this is the gap that needs to happen or something like that yeah um, there's just like a fluency to it yeah yeah and and that, and i guess also to some extent i feel like i don't I don't think time exists really in comics. Mm. Like, you know, you're going to read the comic at whatever speed you're going to read it at. And, and yeah. I can't really do that much to control you, you know, like, like in, in a movie, you know, they can be like, no, this shots five seconds and you're going to sit there for, for the entirety of those five seconds. I mean, I suppose you could watch it on high speed or whatever. Um, well, we don't really have that in comics. And so a, a lot of things like, like I feel like I, I probably, when I was beginning, I'd be like, oh, this is like a slow thing. So I'll draw this thing three times. And it's like, I don't think that actually creates a slowness. I mean, maybe it tells the reader a slowness, but it actually might speed the reader up. Yeah. If you draw the same thing three times because they saw it the first time and they got it. Yep. And then they look at it as like, oh, same thing. I don't need to look. I don't need to look. And so it, it actually might create like a faster reading experience if you draw the same thing three times. Um, mm. And so like, I've sort of tried to let, I've sort of stopped, stopped thinking in that sort of sense of like panels represent time and two panels is like one panel is one second, two panel is two seconds. I don't really think that way. It's just like, no, it's, it's about like the size of the panels, uh, how much happens in between the panels, like those sorts of things are, or like the things I can control. Um, so I feel like I just went out into like the weeds there. No, this is how I love the weeds. No, this is how I love it. Okay, so I feel like as a reader, my relationship with time and comics changes as I age. And yeah. I feel like there are moments in my life where I where comics are a fast reading experience, and then I I I I actually force myself to really slow down and then i found like a happy medium and then i'm like no i like reading fast no i like reading slow so right, like yeah. i feel like i'm always evolving with how i use time and and comics if that makes sense yeah oh no definitely i i feel like the way i don't know that yeah the i i've always thinking about like how i read comics as well um, yeah because i think right now my sort of current way of reading is very very slow like i think other people read people read comics like 10 times faster than i do and i'm just like sitting there looking at looking at it basically and just like looking at the images and stuff and not not necessarily moving very fast um but i felt like when i you know was younger i think the way i would read them is i'd read them really fast and then immediately read them again really like like and i'm gonna look at the pictures more this time like and it was like this like 
maybe it's just that I have so many comics now. It's like, yeah, I don't really read comics with this like back and forth way I used to. Um, and then also different comics, I feel like have different reading for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I love like Jack Kirby fourth world stuff like Kamandi or not that, that era of DC, not the fourth world, but that. Yeah. Yeah. Say, the seven, the seventies DC Kirby yeah. is my favorite. Um, I think it's yeah, your my favorite too, also. My too. Yeah. Uh, our favorite uh, Kirby stuff. And, and with that, like, I really skim the words. Like, like it, it is Same. It, it's really skimming. I'm not like giving it like the attention uh, that I'll give. And like, while another comic, I might be focusing mainly on the words and stuff. And so it, it's, it's a kind of an interesting reading experience that, that I, I, it almost reminds me of like, like you have to like learn how to read each individual comic. Like, like, like I feel like if you give Watchmen to somebody cold, like it, it's like hard, like it's like dense and it's like, there's so many words and like, it's this rigid sort of grid. And I think it's like probably a hard comic for someone who doesn't read comics to come into because they're, they're going to have to learn how to read it. Um, while like, I don't know, some, a light manga of some sort, like uh, recently I was looking at Zom 100. Like, mm, I want to check that out. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a comedy. It's pretty light. It's not, not serious in what I've read, but like you can fly through those pages. And it's like, yeah, you, you, I feel someone cold could just like sit in and get this pretty quickly. Um, and it sort of reminds me of like when I was like first started reading as like a kid, maybe it happens as an adult too, of like when you'd read a, pick up a new book, it would feel like strange after whatever the last book you had read was, mm-hmm. you know, like because the writer writes differently, like the sentences are different and you're not really used to like the, the cadence or the pacing of the writing. And so it's always like hard at the beginning, but then at some point, like it clicks and all of a sudden you're like really flying through the book. I super relate to what you were saying about like, you have to kind of learn to read comics because uh, I didn't grow up with stapled comics. Like I read strips, like I read Sunday strips, but I didn't start reading comics until I was in college. And then in that early time of Brad and me dating, like one of like the tests, like for, it felt like a test to me for like, are we going to operate as Brad hands me the Hellboy books. And I, and I read all of them and I don't think I absorbed one iota just because I didn't have that kind of fluency. I had read like Watchmen. Like I've read, I read stuff that was like extremely like word dense, yeah. you know? And then uh, to be handed Hellboy, like I've had to go back. Yeah. I like I remember Hellboy, my first read of Hellboy, like a fever dream. Like, okay, I remember the images and the colors, but like um, the literalness of it, like I just did not absorb at all. No, like comic strips, I would say I read like were probably where I started from as well. Um, like, and I didn't really get into comic books until high school, probably. So mm-hmm. a little bit earlier, but it's still. I still feel now like I feel like I'm late when you talk to these guys who are like reading X-Men when they were nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's Brad. Uh, that is 100% Brad. It is 100% Brad. Brad. Uh, is 100% Brad. And like I, I meet those guys at cons and stuff 
where they're like, I've been reading this stuff since I was 10. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've been reading this stuff since I was 18 and I'm now 39. So uh, I still, I still have read comics longer. Yeah, it's than a you. long time. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, so it feels like, but, but I, but I also like, I don't like necessarily think like those people who've been reading a long time have a more valid opinion, but, right. but they do Absolutely have like a, a different relationship yeah. with it. Like, and, and I sort of think about it, like I go back to like Batman 89 and I'm like, mm. is it as good as I think it is? Mm. Um, because I was 10 years old. Like, like, I don't think like, so I don't question any of it because I was 10 and it was perfect at that time. And so like so many things that like, maybe if I saw it like cold now, I'd be like, ah, that doesn't work. Like mm -hmm. that doesn't work, but because I still have that ten-year-old relationship and like that, that affection for it, it like changes the way I view it. And so, like, someone who were you know someone who is to watch it now, like for the first time, they're they're not going to have like the same relationship with it. Um, not that their opinions are invalid at all, or mine are invalid. It's just like the where we're coming from is very different. I like to tease Brad that my opinions are more valid because they're nostalgia free. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably true that like like yours are more objective. Um, but but, I don't know uh, like, if objective is that much. Like when we're talking about movies, it's pretty. There's no such thing as yeah, yeah, like, yeah. right. Like, everybody <laughs> is everybody's encountering every story through the the filter that is them, yeah. and the 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 quicker we get away from. Uh, is an opinion valid or not valid? Yeah, the yeah. more interesting the conversation you're actually going to have about a story. Yeah. I would love to get into Miss Truesdale a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, it, that's, that's good. <laughs> I can talk about comics all day. Yeah, long. yeah. Me too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make you late for stuff. Now um uh uh in an in another interview uh with Multiversity Comics, you mentioned that you had an it like that you understood Miss Truesdale immediately and you had an image of her immediately. Can we do delve a little deeper into that? Like, did you find her like relatable in a way, or did you or did you just find like, okay, I understand where she's coming from? I think it's like a, a relatable thing of being like in a position where like you you know or you have ideas of what what you can be and what you are capable of but people people don't see it um mm -hmm. or, or aren't willing to see it and i i feel like probably most people have had that experience at some point like right. you know and where like you know you're you're doing something and or you believe in yourself but like you you don't have that necessarily like that support um and, and in culture, I feel like certain people get that more often than others. Um, but we all get it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, like, I sort of, like, that was sort of, like, this, like, way I sort of felt like I, I could sort of feel the character. And, like, what she looked like, it would be something that, like, people feel they can read and understand without actually knowing. You know, and mm -hmm. I, I think that's probably also something people have experienced as well is that people look at you and they have an idea of who you are without actually knowing you. And, you know, sometimes they might be pretty accurate, but other times not at all. 
like that's what I love about the idea of past lives as a concept because yeah. it, it solidifies like, okay, my greatness is remote because in past lives it's distant in time, mm -hmm. but it's also innate because it's inside me already. Right. And then also the idea of like, I have generations worth of strangers inside me where during my time on this planet, it is my responsibility to get to know them right. and continue and continue their mission, whatever that could have been. Uh, like, how do you feel about the, like the concept of past lives and how it, it relates to the way that you think or, or the way that you, you storytell? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, in terms of actual belief, I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> right. But like, Same. But, but I do see, like, I, I do like this idea of, like, there's something in your blood, you know, that's, like, like that's, that's telling you something, like, something, like, deep and innate. Um, I like that idea. And I, I like that sort of, like, that feeling of, like, once you start getting into fast past lives, you start getting into like fate and those sorts of ideas and, and destiny. And, and I feel that leads to a lot of like narrative fun, you know, of, yeah. of like fighting your destiny, embracing your destiny, you know, like all, all of those sort of like conflicts, um, I, I find sort of compelling. Um, and, and I think Miss, Miss Trudeau has those, those things going on within it uh, of like who you have been, who you will be, all of those, those sorts of things. Now, previous Hellboy and Mignolaverse stories have dealt with past lives. And there's been some really great characters that have explored that concept before, but just based on the first issue that we've read, it feels like, we're really exploring that concept in this story and, and we're expanding on that concept in a major way. And it must create a challenge to tell a past story and a present day story and it make it unified. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it, it, I think one of the interesting things in, in the story is that they're, there is not just the relationship like going forward from the past, but also going backwards from yeah. the future, um, which is also Victorian England. So the past, uh, like, and I, I think it provides for this sort of like interesting, like in terms of like visualization, like juxtaposition of like how an event in the present affects event in the past and how they correlate and connect. Um, and it, it, it's been like a fun challenge because that sort of stuff I like doing is like how to sort of mix, like you were talking about like this sort of this idea of like a cutaway or, or something like that. And it's sort of like doing that, but like with, you know, thousands of years in between. Um, and it's, it's been a fun, fun thing to incorporate and work with. And you're also contributing a massive amount of information to Mignola's version of Hyperborea. Like that's also quite a bit of, um, oh, what's the word there? Like there is a responsibility there. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. 
that that was sort of like one of one of the intimidating things uh was like coming in and like this is sort of you know it's been it's been glimpsed uh you know and there's been there's been some stories that have sort of featured sort of visuals of it but like this is sort of like the first time sort of getting getting into it for an extended period of time uh so yeah that that's like an exciting thing to be doing sort of like you know to sort of be exploring sort of a new territory uh in the manola verse um i don't know it, it's like nervous but then it's like well if i if i do it wrong Mignola will tell me uh <laughs> like you know it's not like i'm on my own uh, you know like right i i sent him the pages and he can be like oh you got it wrong um so. how often does that happen uh not much actually like he he's been been pretty happy i think with, with what i've done um so there's been maybe like one or two panels that that it's been and it's more narrative than like representation i think um you know in some ways a lot of this stuff has been laid by like artists that have come before um so i, I feel there's a lot to work with and i have like all the books uh so you know they're <laughs> heavily referenced as well. So then what is the key to getting over that intimidation factor? You know, one, Mignola gives you a call, let's do some comics together. And two, now we're doing some pretty significant comics in terms of contributing to your mythology. Uh, how do you just move beyond that? Like, okay, all right, I got to do this. Yeah, it's it's just do it. I, 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 like, yeah. uh, I, I just sort of feel like, it's like my my attitude is with with comics especially is like I'm just gonna do it and I'm just gonna draw the page, see what happens. Even in like with my own comics, I'm like, maybe I won't like it and I'll draw it again. And I, I just have this attitude of like, I'll draw it again. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work. And so I just sort of like sit down and do it. Because for me that's sort of the, the intimidation and the worry and stuff that all comes when I'm not working and mm-hmm. and when I'm working it's it's you know it's it's just part of the day you know like you you sit down and like there are all these sort of things that I do that I feel sort of like get my head in the right space of like laying out the page and like taking my ruler and like this is this is the panel borders and stuff. And all of those things that are kind of mechanical, like mm-hmm. you, you measuring with a ruler is like nine by 14 inches, like is not yeah. thoughtful, but it is part of the process. And so it sort of gets you into that place. And then I, then I draw and hopefully it, it comes out. Okay. Um, and if it doesn't, I'll do it again. You know, like that's just kind of just my attitude. Just the idea of like, drawing something and going like oh you know just like you know if you're like writing with a pencil you go like ah what's the worst that happens i erase it you know what i mean like what is the hardest part of your job like what is the thing where you're like okay now i feel a tremendous amount of pressure you know and and uh and i hope i can do it uh time Mm -hmm. like like that that's you know like what what i'm saying is like i'll redo it is is relying on the fact that there is time to redo it. And so when, when time gets tight, that's a lot of pressure. Um, 
but I feel like I feel sort of with with stuff like like this where I'm working with a writer and in this case the writer is is Mike Mignola in in some ways like my my pressure is just to draw you know like I'm I have this like great partner in terms of like does this make sense does it work it's like I have this like industry legend here who's going to check before anyone else looks at it. And and so like, in some ways that's sort of like no pressure, you know, like it's just sort of like doing the best you can. And, Mm -hmm. and I think I've worked to a point where I'm, I'm able to be pretty good, pretty consistently. Like I'm, I'm able to draw a person swinging an ax, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and I, I guess I feel more sort of like pressure on my own things where I'm also the writer, mm-hmm. ostensibly. Um, and and that has to come out. That's where I feel the real like nerves. Um, mm. So then where does a work like this sit in your headspace next to your other works? Like what's... How do you see this relating to the the rest of your body of work? I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought about it in those terms um, mm. of like how does it fit into my oeuvre? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like it, it's it's this. I guess I think of everything I do as sort of like this learning experience, and and sort of part of this like process like it for, for me like I almost feel like there are like the end products of books but but overall it's like this artistic thing I'm working on and you know this way of thinking and crafting and so it's like this opportunity to work with Mike Mignola who's someone I respect and like thinks so much of their work and to sort of get to see like a glimpse of like how his mind's working on the same sorts of things because we're both, you know, making comics and stuff. Um, yeah. And so I don't know like where, where it will sit, like in terms of like this book, this book, this book, this book, like, I, I don't know. I also don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works, you know, like, like with, like we, we talked about Watchmen. It's like, where does Alan, what does Alan Moore think of Watchmen? Like where, where does <laughs> something very Watchmen different right? in yeah. his like list of things he's done? Because it seems like the rest of the world is like that's the best one, um, <laughs> and like that's it's actually Swamp Thing. Or, or <laughs> yeah. okay, or or Swamp Thing, but like, but you know what I mean? It's it's like, yeah, I do. I don't know what I, he thinks about it that way, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how to think about that sort of question. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like if you had an IMDb page for your comics, which would go in that little place where it's like, these are the four or five movies. <laughs> yeah, right. the most known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But, you know, like a publicist picks those or, or the individual I picks think those. it's actually the algorithm. I, like, I think it's like... How no, many... you can pay extra. I don't oh, know yeah. why I've researched this. <sighs> but you can pay extra on IMDb? on IMDb to choose what your top movies are. Amazing. Oh. Okay. But anyway, um, that doesn't. So if Johnny Demonics and Keanu Reeves uh, top four, he he paid to get Johnny Demonics yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> they're trying to troll him into paying. Choose <laughs> <laughs> his bad movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like you mentioned, Hydra as like a, a calling card book, and, and like it 
it seems like people responded to that well, you know, and, yeah. and that, that one had like this big impact. I don't know that like I chose that, <laughs> you know, like mm, I'm, sure. I'm very happy it happened and, and I've gotten a lot of opportunities because of it, but like, you know, like I think before image picked it up, you know, it was just this book I did and self-published, <laughs> you know, like, and then image picks it up. All of a sudden, a lot of people see it. It gets like this nice word of mouth buzz in, you know, but I don't, I don't know necessarily how to place that, you know? Sure. Yeah. You pronounce it Hedra? Yeah. Oh uh, no! A chill goes through my a chill goes through my blood. Like oh my god, I'm pronouncing it. I, uh, you know, you read it, you read a word, and then you make it up. Yeah, well, Hedra. That was kind of like like with it. So it comes from polyhedra, um, mm -hmm. this idea of like shaped. Um, and mm -hmm. but part of me like with that book, it's so designed, you know. Yeah. Um, and so like in coming up with a title, it was like it needs to be five letters because. Mm the the grid is five panels across and so like you know it's like which is i don't think anybody thinks of titles like like that um like it's got to be this i also didn't yeah. want it to be something that immediately meant something to people like uh -huh. so like if i called it space it's like oh that would ruin it um or like sword or whatever like i didn't want any any word that necessarily had like an immediate like i know what that word is um, and so like the, the, the fact that it's like a lot of people pronounce it differently, like that's mm -hmm. part of it for me is because it's this like weird wordless comic. It's kind of like different in a lot of ways. And so uh -huh. like having a title that people are a little unsure of, I think is, is good. Um, well, now I have to check on Drome. <laughs> it is Drome. It is Drome. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love like with a wordless comic, the one word I was pronouncing all of Hedra 100% wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, say Hedra. And I, I guess to me, it also like, it ties into like a comic book thing. I feel like, mm -hmm. um, like people like names, like, like Bill Sienkiewicz, Sienkiewicz. Yeah. Like, like, uh -huh. like I, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure it's Sienkiewicz. Yeah. yeah. But like, I remember hearing it lots of different ways. And even yeah. like Liefeld, Liefeld, like like these sort of even like, Mignola, Mignola, right? yeah, exactly. And so like, I feel like having it be something where it's like it's it could be open to interpretation is is good. Um, oh man, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot before we get out of here, Jesse, because <laughs> yeah. we were talking about you know maybe Watchmen's not the best comic to give a new reader and we're always curious about how we introduce friends who don't read comics to comics and where do we go with that you know what what book would we give our friend jill mm -hmm. you know what book would we give our friend uh william right uh do you have a book that you think is highly accessible to the most people that you think would get people excited about comics um i don't know people People are so different in what they like, mm -hmm. um, but um, Domu maybe um, uh, would be the one. Um, yeah, because it's it's really good, um, and it's also like short, 
like, like I, I feel it's like a very readable comic. Um, so like manga, I think it's hard to recommend often because it's like, yeah, this is 17 volumes or right. something. And, and Domu is this nice, like short, creepy, like, like manga. And then it, it just, I feel like as you're reading it, it's like, this is really good. It, like it just gets like better and better um, as it goes on. Uh, so that, that might be the one out of print right now. Oh, great! I I, I chose a, a, a Japanese comic that's out of print. I think it um, is coming. I think it is coming back into print, and we just scored a copy over at uh, McKay's Used Books. Okay. I was very excited to run across it. Oh, it's out of print. That's too bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, something I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it depends on the age too. That was the first one that came to mind. No, I love now that. I love around. that pick. Um, I love that pick. Maybe, maybe like Mad Love, um, the the Harley Quinn story yeah. with a uh, Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, like because I, I feel that might have like things that are sort of familiar to people, and and it also gets them into sort of like you know the Western superhero stuff, but it's also like uh, an art style that they're probably familiar with. It's a good story. Again, also, it's like short. Like, yep. and so, like, I, I feel that's sort of like one of the intimidating things with comics is like coming in like cold, like picking up an X Men book is impossible. Like, right. you know, like it's, I don't know all of these characters. And like, that was probably like when I started reading comics, I didn't like the X Men because it was just constant being like, who's this? Like, mm-hmm. who's this? Who's this? And and I feel like something that people can read, digest in sort of like one one piece, is is a good thing. Um, so maybe Mad Love, I like that one. We love both of those suggestions. Those are great picks, <laughs> uh, Jesse. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, chatting uh, Ms. True's. Now, this is the other thing. I think you said Ms. True's doll earlier too. Did I? No, I said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, just we feel completely insecure now did, about I, a pronunciation of anything. If I did, I misspoke. It's, it's okay. But think how much fun we're going to have correcting people in the future. Oh, I don't even correct people though. It's the thing, like you know, like I, like you brought it up, and I was like, oh yeah, she did say it wrong. Like I, I just, I just let people know. Like, You're the creator. We're the fan. We we're the ones who get to correct people. We're the ones with the irrational but fervid ownership of things yeah yeah the, the creator is like i don't know it's out of my hands uh, <laughs> like i'm done okay. with it uh so um. oh man well uh we loved the first issue of ms truesdale and the fall of hyperborea we're really excited for the rest of them yeah and uh i'm excited for uh you oh shoot what's the title um i'm gonna say acra or arca arca Arca, um, Arca from IDW coming out in July too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Excited so about that. Truesdale, it's it's weird how they lined up. Um, yeah, Truesdale is coming out starting in May, uh, monthly for four issues, and then Arca is a graphic novel coming out in July. Um, so yeah, gonna be a good year. It's the it's yeah. the summer of Lonergan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's summer weird. of Lonergan. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> so thank you, Jesse, for uh, joining us and chatting. Oh, thank you. 
Once again, our thanks to Jesse Lonergan for coming on the show to talk about Ms. Truesdale and the Fall of Hyperborea out May 17th in all your rad comic book shops. Put it in your poll box now. Isn't that fun? You literally are at the comic book store now enjoying free comic book day. Okay, first off, right off. All right, if you are in a comic book store and you are listening to us with your earbuds, I need you to tweet at us or message us, uh, cbccpodcast at gmail.com or at cbccpodcast on Instagram and Twitter and let us know because that is like a fantasy that I have and I want it to be real. How fun is that? Oh, but you, I lost my train of thought. So I brought that up. Oh, so isn't it nice? You're at the comic book store now and you're going to be back at the comic book store on on May 17th. Like the future is bright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in a shop. Open a pull box if you don't have one already. I love the idea of someone opening a pull box on free comic book day. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. It's like it's like a getting married on Valentine's Day or being president on President's Day or being <laughs> a tree on Arbor Day. Hey, yeah. Or being in labor on Labor Day or being on a Segway during the Segway where I segue into <laughs> what I actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, and uh, like the part about this conversation with Jesse that like sticks in my mind is how he speaks in absolutes about the way that he makes comics Mm -hmm. and he talks about how like he doesn't believe that you can create a sense of time as the comic book artist and like how like other artists might use repeated panels as a way to create a sense of time I'm not a comic book creator but I am a comic book reader and I feel like I've said that artists who repeat panels, like, create a sense of time. Yeah, I mean, but I think also, you know, in that conversation, I agreed with him that the reader ultimately is in control of this, the, of time when right. reading a comic book. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think of it, like, as, as a musician. Sure, like, of course you do. A reader, like, if even if you're, if you're a reader of music, like, the... Uh, the composition can suggest a tempo, but ultimately it's your piece of music. You can, you get to set the tempo, but there is also something to duration. Right. So, uh, you set the tempo and you can't control what the musician's going to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you put all of the pieces in place to go like, this is ultimately what I would let. Here's an image of the way, like, so just like, a piece of printed sheet music is a picture of a way something should sound. Uh, reading a comic book is them creating a picture of the way they want you to think. Yeah, and what I like so much about Jesse Lonergan comics is that in the way that they are constructed, they kind of force you to consider that question of pacing and time but i like to me my takeaway is to be a strong artist you have to have a point of view and i think that that will tend you to speak in absolutes even though there are a million ways that comic books are made and a million ways that they are successful well we talk about that also in terms of criticism Mm -hmm. right you know as a critic you are going to criticize and in criticizing you create this sense of objectivity that does not actually exist. But like, I, it sounds like I'm criticizing Jesse and I'm really no, 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 not no, no, no. like what, what I'm like, what I'm saying is like, I wonder if it's like less fun 
for him to read comics because he has in his brain absolutes of what comics should be. I don't know. It's it's just, like that just that thing, that tendency is like in the back of my mind. Like, well, he has a point. What you're saying is he has a point of view of way- and he has to have a point of view and he has to sharpen that point of view through the creation of his comics. Yes. And we benefit from that, and it's up to us to decide whether we agree that the reader is ultimately in charge of time or the creator is in charge of time. I am like the opposite of an absolutist. Uh I always see things of, oh, things can be a million ways, and I personally find that like paralyzing. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me to make a decision because I see a million right decisions and a million shades of what is right. You know what I mean? So I like, to me, I think like thinking absolutes is kind of like a superpower that I do not possess or like it's maybe it's a tool. I'm not using a skill. I'm not building with one issue consumed on our end of Ms. Truesdale and the fall of Hyperborea. We're super excited to get that second issue and to see where this series goes. Mm -hmm. We love everything that dark horse and Mike Mignola have been doing with this particular universe. We've had Rob Williams on the show talking about, uh, Hyperborea. We've had uh, Warwick Johnson Cadwell on the show talking about his collaborations with Mike Mignola. Look in the show notes, find links to those episodes. One day we will actually get Mike Mignola oh, on the podcast the dream. and really dig in to uh, that man's weird, weird, and wonderful world. Uh, but until then, um, that makes it sound like you. Until then, you just got to deal with these other guys. <laughs> That's not how we feel. Um, but it is does feel like an honor that we get to watch a universe being built. I just love touching Mike Mignola in any way possible. <laughs> That's right. And I love to touch Mike Mignola through Jesse Lonergan in this episode. Thank you all for listening. We really hope you had a wonderful free comic book day. We hope you got a lot of great free comics. We hope you bought a lot of great comics. And I, we hope that you've opened up a pull, do- pull box today while listening to us. Again, let us know if that's the case. And if- let us know what your number is. Oh, unless it's a secret. Should you keep your number a secret? What? I guess somebody could go your to your pull box sh- number. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't don't tell oh. anyone your pull box. Yeah, also, number. give us your social security number <laughs> no, and no, your mother's no, maiden no. name. If you'd like to know more about Free Comic Book Day, you know, it's been around for over 20 years at this point. It was created by Joe Field over at Flying Color Comics in Concord, California. Head on over to the Short Box Podcast. Link in the show notes. Our friend Botter just spoke to Joe about all things Free Comic Book Day. It's a really wonderful conversation, well worth your time. Just like that trip to Annapolis, Maryland you're going to do, going to the new Third Eye Comics mega store. Wow. Sounds like you got a lot on your plate. A lot on your plate. A lot on your plate. Uh, Thank you, everyone. We got to get out of here, Lisa. Yeah, but we can't just let these people go without telling them what the future holds. Yes, uh, our next counseling session episode is discussing Mark and Eve. It is our third episode talking about Mark and Eve from Invincible. We are covering the trade paperback Full House. Mark has returned from his past. Five years has gone by. Things are different. Lisa's upset. Mark's upset. (laughs) Tara's upset. I am very excited to get into that very strange story as we approach the very end of the Invincible Saga. Our love expert for Mark and Eve is, of course, Dr. Mark Brackett, using his book Permission to Feel. So have your mood meter ready. We want to know what quadrant you're in. Also... 
Sitting in the can is a really rad interview. Yes. <laughs> we talked minor threats with Patton Oswald and Jordan Bloom. That's pretty rad. Yeah, that conversation is also a big-time delight. So you've got a lot of great comic book couples counseling in your near future. Yes. Where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you, Brad? You can find me on all social medias at MouthTork. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at a cool hand fluke. And if you have some radical words of affirmation for our radical banner art and show <laughs> posters, send them to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you, radical or otherwise? <laughs> Sometimes I just see my, uh, my entire vocabulary as just like, uh, uh, like a sea of buttons and you just keep going to the same button every time. Mine is the dream today. Yours is radical. That's right. Um, I am always accepting words of affirmation at Sidewalk Siren on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, you can put, you can join. Yeah. Our Patreon, oh, yeah. where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. And you'll get some words of affirmation in the next episode. <laughs> if you'd like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, <sighs> Hive Social. I got to take that out <laughs> of, of the copy. Notes. Yeah, I got to remove that from the copy. At CBCC Podcast. You can give us a gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to do an act of service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So until next time, friends, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy.